Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Are y'all ready for the Word of God? You know, in my travels, um, you know, I get a lot of people that I meet that have read my books. I've written five books now, working on a bunch more. I got three more on the burner, and hopefully that I can get some time to that to devote to writing. And um, to make a long story, when sometimes people come up and they go, oh, you're the author of the book. Could, Could you sign my book? And I was like, yeah, that's really cool, you know? And so I said, most people get them by Amazon downloads, but anyway, uh, it's, it's an honor to do that, and you feel really valued on there, but I remember when I was in Bible school, now picture this here, this is over 37 years ago, okay, and I remember I was 30 pounds lighter, come on, I remember that I didn't have to dye my hair, and I had much more hair at that time, and I remember so many things back in that there time, but I remember going to Raymond Bible Training Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and one of the guys I had read his books on, okay, uh, Fifth Dimension Man, and many of you know him, the person work of the Holy Spirit, he had written so many different books, was Dr. David Cho. And when Cho came in, he had the largest church at that time in the world, in Seoul, Korea, and many of you don't know, after World War II, that Korea was about 2% Christian. Today, it's over 52, 53%, okay? When they plant churches, they actually would plant with 100,000 people. Literally, bring them out to another community and do a church plant. Just amazing how the whole thing has gone. Just incredible vision, incredible. Even bought newspapers and so many things. And yet that church has gone through so many rough times. But I'm saying all that because he came in to Rhema Bible Training Center. So the author, the guy that I really was so excited to meet, and he comes onto the stage and he's just very uh, pretty comfortable, pretty quiet, not nervous, not very relaxed. And I'm just taking everything. And this is before we had iPads. This is before we had our iPhones. The only thing I owned that you could write on was an etch sketch at that time, but that's how far back it was. But um, anyway, so I started taking notes, and I wrote these things down, and this was, I think it was in at the, at 1981, and I wrote them down, and they've stuck with me all these years. I'm just going to give you. He said, churches on the cutting edge today will be preaching and teaching about the person of the Holy Spirit and doing the works of Jesus. So the emphasis was, he says, when you start teaching on the person work of the Holy Spirit, you're going to accomplish the works that Jesus said. I wrote that down. Then he said, Cho said this here, he said, if you neglect the Holy Spirit, you'll not succeed. And the word neglect, he said, it means to treat with no regard, to overlook, or to literally just take as common. And so he said, what you're going to do for God, now understand, I'm a student over here. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a teacher. I'm not any of the things that I'm doing today, but I was just a hungry kid that was sitting in class. So he said, don't neglect the Holy Spirit. So look at your neighbor and say, don't neglect them, okay? And then he said this here, this, this is going back again, 37, almost 38 years ago, develop a deep personal fellowship with the Holy Spirit and know him as a person rather than an experience, 
Okay, he went on and even developed it more about the emblems of the Holy Spirit of oil, the emblems of the Holy Spirit as water and birds and doves. And he said, don't get to know the Holy Spirit as those. Those are all the manifestations and works, but get to know the Holy Spirit as a person. Prior to that, I had never heard that. I had never heard that before. And it was like, wow, that was life-changing. And then, and then he said, you, cannot, you can't separate yourself from the Holy Spirit. He said, you will work with the Holy Spirit, you'll sleep with the Holy Spirit, you'll rise with the Holy Spirit, you'll eat with the Holy Spirit, you'll walk with the Holy Spirit, and you'll minister in the future to the students with the Holy Spirit. So, so when that got a hold of me on the inside is that, in other words, everything we're going to do, we're partnering with the person of the Holy Spirit. And then the last thing he said, he said, your church growth, okay, will only be determined by your communion with the person of the Holy Spirit. And so that word communion, of course, and it started off this year text meant fellowship. It speaks about being an associate, being a partner with, uh, being a comrade, if you want to call it, with uh, the Holy Spirit. And so we recognize that this isn't just a lesson. We recognize this is a lifestyle. And so we built the, the ministry of WCF. This has been the guiding principles, if you want to term it, is on, on the blood of Jesus. The guiding principles have been on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. The guiding principles have been on getting to know the character of God. The guiding principle have been the authority of the believer. Come on. And the guiding principles have been the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Those are all foundational stones that we built the church on and has caused it to become an influence even with inside of our nation. So as we're teaching this morning on the pericalesis, and the pericalesis we've covered the aspect of, he's called the spirit of truth, and then he's called the comforter, which we've broken down. He's called the helper, okay? Come on now. The Holy Spirit, what, what's the second one? Back it up on the order that you had. He's called the counselor, and we've broken these three down in detail. And now we're going to go into number four over here. We're going to speak of the Holy Spirit as our, come on, advocate. And that speaks of one that represents you in a court of law. And Cass going to pick up on that right now. Well, obviously, you know, if you've ever had to hire a lawyer, how many know your lawyer is your advocate? He's the one that fights on your behalf. And, and so they don't recommend that you go to court without a lawyer because they are knowledgeable on how to help you, on how to get you off of whatever it is you've been charged with and to, you know, fight the best fight for you. Well, we have an advocate. The Holy that's Spirit's right. like our lawyer. He's the one that's, that's right. with us and he knows how to fight our battles. He knows how to, you know, do the best thing that we need or, or, or just challenge, say, the enemy or whatever we're going through in life so that we come with the best outcome. You know, many years ago when my late husband died, um, I had an insurance policy. on I had life insurance on my mortgage. And at that time, we had a $90,000 mortgage. So because he died in a car accident, that mortgage was going to be wiped out, which was, you know, a good thing. However, they don't just want to do that. They want to get out of it somehow. And so they were giving me a really hard time. They were trying to find any angle whatsoever to get out of it. And they kept sending these two men to my house to question me. And they were trying to get me to say something where they could find a way to get out of paying off this mortgage, writing it off. And at one point, they actually came and said, so when did your husband find out he had cancer? And I'm like, my husband never had cancer. He died of a car accident. So they're trying to get me to say something. So... Cause, because he had signed in the thing that he didn't have any known disease, you know, at the time. So, so these are the things that, you know, so 
I was surprised that they would go that far. But it got to the point where I was getting frustrated because I, I didn't know how to get them. Like they had frozen the mortgage, but they hadn't removed it. And so I mentioned it to my mother. My mother said, I will take care of it. <laughs> you know how moms can do that. And so I don't know what she did. She, made, she called them, and I don't know what she said to them. I don't know what she did, but next thing my mortgage was wiped out. But, the, but you know, she was my advocate in that case. Oh, I and, love my mother. Uh, and she took care of it. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes, you know, we need somebody to help us in situations because we don't have all the answers and we don't know what to do. And so the Holy Spirit is the one God has given us so that he can be our advocate in situations where we need him to represent us. But above all of that, he's the one that represents us to the Father because it's because of him that our sin, you know, because of him we can go to the Father because he pleads our case. He's the one that has, you know, been given to us and Jesus and his blood wiped out all of our sins so that we could stand before God and that we would have a right to go to God because without him we would have no right. We wouldn't have a right to do that. And so the Holy Spirit's the one that plead, has pleaded our case in everything in our lives. All we have to do is have that communion with him. You know, Pastor Rick talked about Dr. Yungi Cho and how he was, um, you know, he wrote a book on having communion with the Holy Spirit. And what that really means is to be able to walk with the Holy Spirit, to be able to have that kind of a relationship. In fact, in the dictionary, it explains communion is an association and fellowship. It is interchanging or sharing of thoughts or emotions. It's intimate communication. Um, it's acting or sharing or holding things in common. It's participating together. And so we're not meant to do life alone. We are meant sure. to do life with the Holy Spirit of God. He wants to be a part of our lives. He has the answers. He has the wisdom. He has whatever it is we need so that we can be successful in every area of our life. But the problem with us as human beings, sometimes we're independent. We think we know the answers. We want to do it our way. And so often we jump ahead and we make decisions and we do things without talking to God and consulting him, you know, without that communion with the Holy Spirit. Spirit, and then we end up doing something that we regret later. And then we get mad at God. Because, you know, so I, I can't tell you how many people get mad at God over decisions they made without consulting God. Or maybe they consulted God but did the opposite of what he said. And then they're so mad at God. Like, why did God let this happen? Well, he, you know, he gives us a free will. He's given us what we need so that we can walk and get victory in our lives. But if we don't utilize that, if we don't have that relationship with the Holy Spirit, then we're not going to have the results that he wants. We're not going to walk in the supernatural power. We're not going to have the victory that God so desires us to have. And so we have the very Spirit of God living on the inside of us, and he's there for a reason. And it, sometimes it's like, you know, you, have you ever lived in a house where nobody talks to each other? You know, that's not fun. It's like everybody's in their own little world doing their own little thing. Well, sometimes that's how the Holy Spirit feels. He's on the inside of us, but we act like he's not there. We totally ignore him. And we don't allow him to have a voice in our lives and to lead or guide us as the word of God says that he's supposed to do. And so we have that advocate. We have that person to That's represent right. and help us through life. And we need to tap into him, but we also need to obey him because he knows what's best for us. We need to understand something, and we teach this often here, 
that the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm. And when it speaks of the work of the advocate, we see that Jesus is the advocate in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 1. And I'd like you to go into your Bible to 1 John chapter 1, verse number 5, because I want to develop this here. But literally this here word speaking of the person of the Holy Spirit, in the earliest of the Greek language, it actually word signified one who is called to a person's defense, a helper in court, okay? To give legal advice, to give legal counsel for the defense of that person. In other words, when that person's gonna be tried, this person gives them all the advice, all the defense, all the counsel, everything, all the strategies that they're gonna need to win. What we fail to realize is that there's a court that goes on in heaven. Apparently, the God of this world, he's called the prince of the power of the air. How many know Jesus kicked devil butt 2,000 years ago? But we have to understand something. Satan is still called the God of this world. He's still called the prince of the power of the air. Come on. And somewhere there's an uh, opportunity. We can see in the book of Job that he came and he presented himself before the Lord. And we can see that he brought accusations. He would bring things. Well, how many know in Revelation, the Bible says the accuser of the brethren is cast down. And it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. So we see something out there that in the courts of heaven, when the enemy brings up something of your past, Whenever he comes as the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren, the divider of homes, the divider of families, the deceiver of the nations, he comes to condemn us of our past forgiven sins, our acts of rebellion, our acts of lawlessness. Whenever he comes to torment you of your past, you have an advocate that stands up in your defense and says, not guilty. The charge is already paid. The blood has already been shed. And because the blood's been shed, this one is redeemed. This one is ransomed. This one is rescued. This one is free. He's no longer a slave to your kingdom, but he's now a servant in the kingdom of God. He's now a child of God and he's not guilty until the church rise up and understand that there's power in the blood of the Son of God. There's no forgiveness of sins without the blood. You've been reconciled to God because of the blood. You're at peace with God because of the blood and the blood lives. The blood speaks. The blood breathes and it's applied daily in your life. It keeps the enemy out. It keeps the accuser off of your life. Glory to God. You know, the enemy wants to accuse us day and night. How many know the thoughts that come in your mind sometimes that just want to cause you to be discouraged and quit? And that's exactly how Satan works. But that's why we need the Holy Spirit, because he's the one that will fight those thoughts and give us the strength and help us to, to know that we are in right standing with God and that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, the Holy Spirit, he's always acting as our advocate. You know, he's always there for us. He doesn't just show up one day and, okay, I'll be back in a few months. You know, he's there every day. He's every day for us. And he also is our intercessor. And I want to talk about him as the intercessor. This is one of my favorite things because, you know, there's so many... Intercession is something that we need to be so hooked into all the time. Because Jesus, the Bible tells us in Romans 8.34, Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life 
is now, presently, currently, at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So Jesus is up there at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. But his spirit is on the inside of us and his spirit wants to intercede in and through us for us and for others. Because intercession is praying for others. The Holy Spirit wants to pray for us. And he prays for us in areas that we, we may not know. We can, you know, when we pray, a lot of times we get our will mixed in with against God's will. Or we get, you know, what we think, our opinions and what we think God should do. Have you ever told God what he should do? You know, like we know more than him. And, uh, and so oftentimes we kind of get our opinions in there. We try to manipulate or we try to do things to get God to do things. When you go and allow the Holy Spirit to intercede, then you can't get involved in all that. The prayers will be proper prayers. They'll be right. And we need to understand that because we need those prayers. And, um, but intercession is something that we're all called to do. And we need to be ready to intercede. And I'm, I'm going to share a few things on this in a minute. But I remember years ago when Pastor Rick and I were dating, and I was pastoring in Mississauga, and he was here in Windsor. And so, you know, it was hard to date because we were, you know, three and a half hours apart. But he, he would come up to Windsor when he could, and he would stay with one of my elders. and um, Mississauga. Or, yeah, Mississauga, sorry. Okay. Yes. He would come to Mississauga when he could, and, and he would stay with one of my elders. And so, you know, one time he was up there, and he was going back home on Saturday evening because uh, he obviously had to be back for church. And so that, I used to have a prayer meeting in my home every Saturday night. And I would have the leadership all come over, and we would intercede for about an hour for the services the next day. And so we would just all come together and pray. And so they were all over. He had left a little while earlier. And uh, so we were all interceding. And we're just praying for the services, you know, like we always did. And all of a sudden, one of my elders said, somebody's about to die. Just blurted it out like that. And we all kind of looked at him, and we just all instantly went into strong intercession. That's all we knew to do. And so we just started interceding and interceding, and we only had to pray five or ten minutes. It wasn't that long. And all of a sudden, we all felt peace. And then the elder, after we were finished, said, it was Pastor Rick. And so I thought, I wonder what happened, you know. And um, so that, when he got home to Windsor, he called me, and the first thing he said to me on the phone was, I was almost killed on the way home. Uh, he was driving on the 401 to Windsor, and a car had gotten onto the wrong side of the highway, and it was about to hit him head on. He saw the headlights coming right at him, and there were cars around him, and he doesn't know how he got out of that situation, but he was able to get out of that situation. Well, that was the Spirit of God on intercession coming out. We had no idea he was, and it turned out to be right at the same time, because I remember looking at my watch, and uh, that he he was going through that. And so, you know, when we, we need to be praying, praying for people that, you know, how many know people in crisis? How many know people that are lost? Right. How many know people that are going through a divorce or maybe lost a job or they're having some situation in their life? Intercession is crucial for them. You know, sometimes we don't realize how powerful and important it is and we do it half-heartedly. You know what? I, you know, we have concerns right now about our nation and about the laws that are being passed. You know, now kids cannot get summer jobs if they don't agree with abortion. And the transgender, That's did you know right. that? They, they can't qualify for, the, for the, uh, the government summer camp thing or whatever they do for, for students. Our kids no longer qualify for that because of what they believe. That ought to make every person in there angry. How many are upset about that? But what are you doing about it? 
But are we inter- how, how hard are we interceding for our government? How much time are we committing? You know, sometimes things happen because we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Come on, girl. We need to be storming heaven on behalf of this nation. We need to be doing spiritual warfare against the powers of darkness that are rising up and trying to stomp out Christianity and try to stomp out what we believe and trying to make us feel like we're doing something bad because we're standing for righteousness and holiness. We have a role to play. We need to fight this battle. We need to die to self. Sometimes we get apathetic and we're so caught up in our TV shows and our games and having fun that we neglect to do the spiritual warfare that God has called us to do. We need to come together more as a church and pray and come against the things that are coming against us because before we know it, our rights will be gone. And we have a job to do. And it's not easy because, you know, we govern our lives with our five physical senses. We have an inner man and an outer man. And so often as believers, we're living from the outside in rather than the inside out. And we're not doing what we're supposed to do. But we need to fight for our children and our grandchildren and fight for the freedoms that we as the church need. We've been blessed to live in a country with freedoms. But you know what? Those things are slipping away. They really are. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's work. Yeah, we got to get up and we got to make a decision and we got to storm, you know, we got to storm heaven and believe God for breakthroughs in people's lives. But if we don't take that time, we don't have to do it 24-7, but we have to have time set aside where we are going to intercede and stand fast on the word of God and the promises of God and do it deliberately, do it with authority, do it with power. That's right. Do it with faith and know that it will and does make a difference. Intercession is something we're called to do. And Jesus is doing it for us and he wants us to rise up and take hold of that that gift that he's given us. And it is a gift. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, we're, we're aligning ourselves with the spirit of God to pray for God's will in the lives of people. And it's powerful when we do it. It's so powerful when we do it. You know, the testimonies that we have are always a result of inner... Like, I know, if I look at my life and look at most of the supernatural testimonies of miracles that I can actually share and tell God did this miracle, have to do with intercession and praying for others. Or even sometimes praying for myself through praying in the Spirit when I didn't know what to pray. See, if I don't feel like praying, and trust me, I'm like you. I don't get up, oh, I can't wait to pray. Some days I feel like that. But there's many days my flesh doesn't want to pray. Just like yours doesn't want to pray. But that's when I call upon my helper, the Holy Spirit, and ask him to help me. Right? See, there's excuses all the time that come in and say, oh, you know, you're too tired, you worked hard, you did this, you did that, you know, because there's a whole gamut of demonic realm that's there jumping in your mind with every excuse to keep you from prayer. There's always something more important. No, there isn't. If you want to walk in the supernatural. We need to be storming heaven in prayer and believing God and driving out the excuses and the lies and the things that would keep us from wanting to pray. I'm not saying you have to come to every prayer meeting we have, but you need to come to some or one. You need to 
commit at least an hour a week at some point or half an hour mm -hmm. where I'm going to storm heaven for Canada. I'm going to storm heaven for the prodigals. I'm going to storm heaven for, you know, and, and start doing that. And then things will begin to change, not just for the people you're praying for, but in your life. Four weeks ago, I brought out to the church here at WCF to call your member of parliament, let them know, to email them, to correspond. I'm looking back and I'm saying, how many did it? We handed out, at two services, we handed out all the information on how to contact. I'm just wondering how many do it. Because listen, I'm sure that you have heard that the federal government has added very distasteful paragraph to our application for summer student funding. Well, guess what? Monday, March 19th, all members of the House of Commons are required to publicly vote on the following motion. That is the opinion of the House organization that engages in non-political and non-activist work such as feeding the homeless, helping refugees, and giving kids an opportunity to go to camp should be able to access Canada summer jobs funding regardless of their private conviction and regardless of whether or not they choose to sign the application attestation. We are asking you as the members of WCF, okay, due to two actions to influence, to vote, and to confirm what is right for our nation. Join us, number one, in fasting a meal today of some kind. It's probably going to be lunch or it's going to be dinner because that's the only one left. And number two, send an email to your member of parliament that represents you. And guys, gals, do it today because tomorrow's going to be too late. And when they open up their emails and they see these here things coming in, what they're basically saying, and just so you understand, I am not here to condemn any woman or any couple that has had an abortion. But I have a belief that that child is born at the point of conception. That's what I believe. And that is my right as a Canadian citizen to believe that there. When they tell me from the highest positions of our land who I honor, but I don't agree with the policy, that I have to agree to abortion all the way, I, I, I can't say yes to that there. When they tell me that I have to accept in all the stuff with the transgender and the homosexual, I respect the individual's right to choose. If you're in that life and that's your choice, I'll respect you as a person, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to agree with that. And we still have on our webpage that we believe in marriage as the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman to the exclusion of all others. And we have a charter of human rights that protects that. What they're bringing and want us to sign is that we can't do anything against that now. We can't. And what you fail to realize is, it's gone further now. The most intolerant people today is not us. I just shared our view, and we are not here to bash any group and wouldn't do that. And we're not here to bash our government because I don't think we can do that. But if there's a policy that goes against what our religious convictions are, then under the Charter of Human Rights, we have a right as Canadian citizens to say, no, I, I, I don't accept that. I don't, I don't believe in that. I believe in the sanctity of birth from the place of conception, and that's where my stand is at. Because listen, when it first came in, it was not at convenience. It was the worst cases that came in. 
And now we think nothing of shedding innocent blood, and that's one of the things that God actually hates. Amen? If you've done it, we're not here to condemn you, but that's the reality of where we're at today. But I'm going to tell you something. If this goes through, it's going to affect all the other aspects of the religious freedoms and charters. Are you all there right now? If they have their way, because they basically want the Christian voice to be totally silenced with inside of our nation. So what are you going to do, WCF? What are you going to do, all those that are watching by live stream? What, what are you going to do? I'm very cautious in the words that I'm saying, but God says, I, stood, I, <laughs> I sought for a man that would stand in the gap to make up the hedge that destruction and judgment wouldn't come. But the sad indictment in Jeremiah and Ezekiel's day was I found none. I believe that God's found a couple thousand here right here this morning. I believe that with, our, uh, with the livestream, there's more than that that are here that God has sought. We don't understand this whole aspect of intercession because how many know Daniel interceded for his nation? How many know Moses un- interceded? The Bible says that when Moses went up to the mount, he delayed his coming, just like Jesus. How many know, it, it, it said there are going to be some aspects of when he delays, uh, that how many know they're going to they're run to their own things? And that's what they did to Aaron. They said, Aaron, your brother's not back. Okay, let's go and make, uh, let's bring all our earrings, let's bring all our gold, and let's make a golden calf. And how many know the pickup of that story is found in Exodus, and I'm just going to read this very, very quickly to you today on this here, because it's one of the highest statements, and this is in the New King James, Exodus chapter 32, for time's sake, I'm going to go to 30, and it says, now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin, so now I will go to the Lord, perhaps I can make atonement for your sin And then Moses returned to the Lord and said, oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, listen what Moses said, but if not, everybody look at your neighbor and say, but if not. Notice he says, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. In other words, Moses said, God, take me out. Block my name out of your book of life and don't hold this against them, God. If that ain't a heart of an intercessor that's willing to take a bullet, willing to take a shot, willing to take a hit, literally it means take a bullet for one. Stand in front of them is what it is. Yet now, if you will forgive their sins, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. There's no other greater place in Scripture where the act of intercessor is right there. Look at the next verse in 33, uh, 23, uh, 34, 33, whatever it is. Okay, is everybody there? And, and look, look what he says. And the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now, therefore, go lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angels shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sins. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they had done with the calf which Aaron made. The point I want to bring out is I believe that we need to stand in the gap 
for leadership. I believe we need to stand in the gap for families. I believe we need to stand in the gap for parents. I believe we need to stand in the gap for our teens. I believe we need to stand in the gap for churches. I believe we need to stand in the gap for righteousness to prevail and righteous voices to rise up. And I believe that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their sin and seek my face, then God's going to heal our land and then we're going to hear God. Can you all say amen? But it's always an initiative that God gives opportunities to mankind that we will step up to the plate. I don't just believe that God is sovereign in this here respect, and I believe if you study out sovereignty, you'll see in nations, you'll see in events that will transpire in there, but I believe he's given the course of what's going to happen. He's entrusted it to mankind, and that's why he said, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, then we're going to see a shift from heaven. Are you all there right now? I believe we're waiting for God to do some things and God's saying, no, it's not about me doing the things. I've already done the work, given you the power, given you the keys, given you the authority. Now, what are you doing with it? Have you fallen asleep? See, the sin of Sodom was not what we know today of the, of, of the GLBT, the, that, that whole part. That's not the sin of Sodom. The sin of Sodom was idleness of hands. They became comfortable and complacent. And when they refused to reach out to the poor. Come on. And literally, they got stuck in a spirit of apathy out there. That was the whole sin of how the other all came in. And I'm going to tell you what. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for the church to pray in tongues. It's time for the church to build themselves up in their most holy faith by praying in the spirit. It's time for the church to recognize that we have a dominion mandate, that we have authority. Whatever we bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. We have authority today. We have the keys of the kingdom. We have the blood of Jesus. We have the name of Jesus. But if you're not applying that blood and you're not speaking and invoking that name, then nothing is going to shift. Nothing is going to happen. But I believe better things of this house. I believe that your people that are rising up in your inheritance, your people that are rising up in kingdom mandate, your people that are rising up and you're saying enough is enough. They pushed us back here. They've taken away our voice, but we're not standing for unrighteousness. We're standing for the righteousness of generations to come. And Canada, listen, is going to have an awakening and you're going to be a part of it and I'm going to be a part of it and I believe that this is our day I believe God says I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not overthrow it, are not going to diminish it, are not going to dissolve it it's time for righteousness to rise up and to become a voice for the land, for the people for the generations to come they're looking for fathers, they're looking for mothers, God's looking for intercessors that will stand in the gap and will pray because the most unselfish of all prayers is listen, intercession because intercession is not about you, it's not about me, it's not about WCF intercession is about others it's about leaders, it's about marketplace, it's about families it's about children, it's about teenagers, intercession is about others, not about you most people's prayer focus in about me and mine and about me, but God says when you intercede for someone else then I'll make things happen for your life. Glory to God. You know, so many of the miracles happen because of intercession. And, and we need to understand that I want the supernatural power of God in my life. And I've seen what it can do when we intercede, when we pray and believe God for breakthroughs. I remember when I was a baby Christian, I'd just been saved a few months and I fell on the ice and I broke my uh, pelvic bone at the back. I cracked it. 
And I couldn't move my legs at all. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything because of it. Because there was, there's nothing you could do. You just have to lie flat and still. And I got put in a convalescent hospital in Toronto. St. John's Convalescent Hospital. And I, I, was, I was 18 or 19 years old when it happened. And I remember, you know, I'm in this hospital. And most of the people in there were like older people way older <laughs> and uh, or there were people that were dying like they were people that needed long-term care but they but they didn't need to be in an actual regular hospital and so I'm in this place and I'm like oh my gosh you know like it was I, I thought my life was over and I remember some ladies coming in from my church and I used to go to Rexdale Alliance Church in in uh, Etobicoke Toronto and these t these a couple ladies came in, and they, they came in to visit me, and they said, you know, I just want you to know there's a prayer meeting at the church right now, and they're interceding for you. And, and they didn't even pray in tongues there. But they were, they knew, they were praying for God to heal me. And, um, but I remember as I'm talking to these ladies, I happened to move my left leg, which any time I moved even an inch, it was excruciating pain. And I happened to move my leg, and I didn't feel any pain. I thought, that's weird. So I moved it a little more, no pain. So then I moved my other leg, no pain. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Like it just, all of a sudden, the pain was gone. And so I, I moved my both legs over and no pain. So then I moved them over the side of the bed, no pain. I sat up, no pain. It was gone. It was completely gone. And we all started rejoicing and thanking God because I, I knew God just healed me. Now I'm in this convalescent hospital and I can't get out. <laughs> but I believe God had me there for a reason. And I was a crazy, wild, new believer that witnessed everything that moved. And so I guess God put me in there, let me go in there for a reason. So I just started going around witnessing to everybody and, and uh, sharing my faith. Led many people to the Lord. Some of those people were dying. And, and uh, I had to wait like a, over a week for the doctor to come back and tell me I was okay. I could practically do somersaults for him. And he said, well, I just want to keep you in for another week to be sure, but you seem fine. You know, so all I did is stayed in there, and I thought, you know what, I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win people to the Lord. I'm going to pray for people, and that's what I did. But, you know, I believe it was the prayers of those women that were praying for me. I didn't know anything about healing then. I didn't understand it. But God healed me, and I knew I was healed, and I never had a problem with it after that. And so, you know, and they had done x-rays. It was completely cracked. And that shouldn't have happened. I was supposed to be in there a minimum of six weeks. So, you know, it's, these are things that God does when people pray. Sure. You know, on Thursday night, we invited nine of our, the younger grandkids, well, 15 and down, over for an overnight. Because they all wanted to come for an overnight. There were, like, eight of them were girls. We only had the one boy, Vince. Prayed in tongues oh, a whole kind of sorry for him, <laughs> Vince, but he wanted to come anyway. So, but my re... You know, obviously, I wanted to spend time with them. It's March break. They didn't have to go to school. And, but I had them all over. And I really felt God had told me, it's time you sit down and just tell them stories of things God has done for you. And so, you know, the kids all had dinner. And, of course, they all have their iPads and their phones. And they all like to be on those things. But we made them all put everything away. So we're going to all sit in the living room. And we're going we're gonna to tell you some stories. Well, there's a book called Miracle Invasion, which I keep forgetting to get them to order. But I will. And uh, Felicia's here, remind me. Um, but in, a, in that book, it's a new book that's just been printed, and it's got all these miracles testimonies of things God's done through the gifts of the Spirit. And, um, and in chapter 10 in that book, it's got my story of 
when we gave the van away, the first van we gave away. And so my grandkids didn't know this, so I gave them the book, and I said, We're, I want, before we tell you all of our stories, I want you to look at chapter 10 and read it out loud. Well, it has my name, Windsor Christian Fellow from Kathy Shimatero, and the whole story. So they ended up reading the, the, the story, you know, and they took turns. They all passed it around and read it. And, of course, they had some questions after. But then we started telling them more and more stories. And, and they, were tr they were absolutely fascinated with hearing these stories of what God has done. And they needed to hear these stories. You know, they need to hear. The you know, the, in, the, in the Jewish right. tradition, the, 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 they tell their children and their grandchildren, and the good things God has done. But you know what? If you're not an intercessor, if you're not being led by the Spirit, you're not going to have a lot of stories to tell them. That's right. And they need these stories. They need to hear about the supernatural power of God because they're going to be up against things we weren't up against. And they need to know God's real. And they need to be able to see what he can do, how he can transform lives, how he can heal, how he can deliver, how he can do supernatural provision, you know, how he's there for us in every area of our lives. And so we need to be seeking God because as we seek the Holy Spirit, we walk with him and obey him, you will have many miracle That's stories right. to tell because he'll lead you to step out in faith and to do what you can't do on your own. Amen. We're going to have communion together, and I want to close with Galatians 5.16. This is not even part of the way we closed in the first service, but I'm just sensing this very strong. We can all stand up. Just sensing very strong. I'm very passionate today, but I'm sensing very strongly, and this isn't just a something Rick Shimatero is just saying to get a response, but I'm sensing strongly that the Spirit is pulling me. It's just pushing today that there was many... And I'm hearing these words over and over in my mind, many. And you were aggressive. There was an aggressive part of your prayer life. And you've been lulled in to a spiritual slumber, into a spiritual sleep. And I'm sensing strongly the Holy Spirit today is wakening you. Wakening you. And it's resonating on the inside. It's not something that we went, just, just something. There's a few people I know from the first service that were here. This is not the way the first one went, but I'm just sensing. And it wasn't a few. It wasn't a trickle. There was many that you let down your guard. You let down your fight. You let down. And there's others that are here. You at one time, you, got, you had the experience of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and you knew it, but you haven't used your language in a long time. I'm going to tell you, the strength that we have to go on in this day is because we build ourselves up daily. I, I got to pray in the Holy Ghost on a day by day. This isn't just something that's an occurrence once. I got to build myself up. I got, it's, not I, it's not because I feel God. I, can't, I want to build myself up. Come on. And, and listen, we're going to have communion today, but I believe there comes a time when we have to stand up and we just have to act on our faith and say, you know what? I'm getting, Pastor Rick, that's me. And I believe there's over 100 that are in this room that God's touching. And I know there's probably many, many more, even by live stream, that he's touching. It. And if you'll come down and have communion with us down here, all across, if that's you, you feel, you know what? You've just let down, just become a little comfortable, and just step out, sir. 
Step up, man, just, just come down. We're not here, we're not gonna do an altar, not gonna lay hands. We're just gonna stand as a family with you today. God's gonna ignite a fresh fire in your heart again. You're gonna start praying for kids. You're gonna start praying for families. You're gonna start praying for the body because you're gonna start praying for the generations. And God's gonna start waking people up again at night like he used to do with some. And I feel this is a strong Holy Spirit-directed call that's coming right now. And if you'll come, you watch. And see, just come right up. Just, just come make room for them to, to come in. God says in Galatians 5, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. The Spirit, it gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, mentalness, we could say pornography, males, females. We can say sexual bondages, the mind, lustful pleasures, idolatry, where you can watch lustful scenes and have no conviction whatsoever. Idolatry, anything that would occupy the place due to God in your hearts. Sorcery, witchcraft, spells, incantations, Vampires and all the other stuff. Hostility, quarreling, ongoing fighting, jealousy, competition. I'm putting my definitions of these words. Comparison, outburst of anger. You have no control. You just get into fits of rages. Selfish ambition, it's about you. The whole thing is about others. Dissension and division, envying, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins. The Bible calls them sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces the kind of fruit in our lives, love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things and those who belong to Christ. Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us also follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Well, Father, we just thank you that we don't fight a battle in our flesh but we fight by the Spirit of God and you've given us the Spirit to fight past our flesh, our feelings, our emotions, anything, Lord, that would try to stop us from coming to you and from doing the things you've called us to. But we thank you that Jesus fought through his flesh and laid down his life for us. Help us to lay down our lives, even if it's just for a half an hour, an hour, whenever we can, to intercede on behalf of others. Lord, help us to die to the will of the flesh. 
so that we can be alive unto you and experience the power of God operating in our lives. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Holy Spirit, just come as a wave. 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 Come as a wave. And hit the structures in the mind. Hit the strongholds of the mind. Hit the barriers today, Holy Spirit. Just as we've seen hurricanes come and just tear structures, tear bridges, tear whole walkways that have been erected with cement and been barriers for long term. God, hit those areas today in the mind that have seduced, that have lulled into sleep, that have lulled into slumber. And God, I'm asking that there be such a roar that would come out of their spirit man today in intercession. In intercession. I'm asking that the roar would be released in the church again. The roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm asking God today that you would just move with the fret. Now just receive. Everybody up, just receive right now. There's a burning going on right now. There's a spirit of burning. It's the Holy Spirit that's just burning. You can feel it right now. You can, you can feel That's the Spirit of God just burning. Just burning. There's, there's a meltdown going on. There's a meltdown of coldness. There's a meltdown of hardness. There's a meltdown that's going Release them. Release them. Set them free. In Jesus' name. God, may this blood, may the power of the blood become revelation knowledge to everyone up here. May they put the blood over their cars. May they put the blood over their marriages, over their homes, over their children, over their families, over their nation, over their prayer ties. May the blood be applied to every entry and every exit in the homes. May the blood be applied in the workplace. May the blood be applied in their waking moment. And may the blood be applied throughout their day. And may the blood be applied through their closing moment at night. God, the enemy has stolen. He's stolen from the church because we've allowed it. But God, I thank you for these incredible men and women that have responded today. Now baptize them with fresh fire. Fresh fire on the altar of their hearts. Fresh zeal and fresh passion and fresh Holy Ghost movement and fresh breakthroughs, God. Hit it now. Now, wind of God, hit every heart. Just lift up your hands. Just lift up your hands. Fill them up with the Holy Spirit. Fill them up today, God. Overflowing. Everybody begin to use your heavenly language. You watching by live stream, hook in.